Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning. It's Friday, June 19th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by 24-7 Sports National College Football writer Brandon Marcello. Brandon and I was kind of hoping the next time I had you on, we'd be talking you know, some fun college football stuff as, as we did last week when we rolled through the projected orders of finish. But this COVID-19 thing, well, it's kind of rearing its ugly head again, and we've seen this week several sort of high cases at at universities and and their football programs. And specifically I'm talking about Thursday, Texas announcing that 13 of its players have tested positive or are presumed positive for COVID-19. So my question to you and a question I'm seeing a lot of people ask is what's our concern level here? Well, the concern is now, I mean, uh, you know, administrators expected with students and their football players returning from all across the country that, there would be positive cases, obviously. They were hoping, you know, to kind of limit that to about what the national average is, which is, you know, about one in 100 people. But that, that's that been a little bit higher among the football players. And particularly, as you said, Texas with 13 uh, players uh, testing positive or presumed to be positive because they're showing symptoms. And um, that's a high number. That's, that's one in 10 um, or actually a little bit under that. Um, now the issue that they all have to, uh, consider is the mitigation, the isolation, the quarantining, because obviously these, some of these players have had contact with other players when they were reported. And the big thing is, is one, you got to mitigate this now, slow it down now in these voluntary workouts, because when students return to some of these campuses in August. We're, we're less than two months away from that. The risk factor goes up even higher of being exposed to other students, obviously, and then just being exposed to people out in the community. I mean, these players are not going to live in a bubble where they're not allowed to leave their dorm rooms or the athletics facility. They're going to be going to classes and they're going to be going to do what every student does. They're going to go to the grocery store. They're going to go to the go to common areas on campus. There's, they're going to be exposed potentially to people who are asymptomatic or even symptomatic. And one would expect that cases would probably rise because it would just make sense because they're actually around players or, excuse me, uh, other people outside of their just their players and teammates. So um, they just got to get this under control now. They expected this, maybe not as high at Texas as some were expecting, but here in two weeks, if you do the right things and everything, then that number could be down to zero or you just have one or two players sick and you can keep moving forward toward a you know on-time start, obviously, for preseason camp. But when students start returning, that's when the, the big test is going to come for, for all these student-athletes and also uh, the medical officials on campus. I guess it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. Austin, Texas is getting a lot of headlines nationally this week. It's seen 
its confirmed cases surge, hospitalizations climb as well. Saw last week the University of Houston had that temporary pause. Of course, they were a little bit different. They didn't test immediately uh, everybody. They just they they got six last week and, and shut things down for a little bit. But generally, like the state of Texas is not having a very good week in, in the COVID department. A few other cases I found just from a little quick Googling, eight at Kansas State, eight at Alabama, still see zero at Florida, the University of Florida. Saw one for Clemson last last week checked. Auburn had three, I believe, at first check. Who knows you know, how, how often they're announcing these cases. Ohio State isn't announce, announcing anything. And I just wonder, like, what's the appetite for or, or how much what, – what are they willing to stomach right now, Brandon, as far as these negative headlines and as far as you're seeing 20% of your roster with, you know, with the coronavirus? Is this something where everyone you know, in agreement is just going to say, all right, we're going we're gonna to bear through this and we're going to try to get to August? I think that there's a lot of agreement there. They're trying to bear through this and get through August. Um, but safety is obviously the concern uh, from the standpoint of, you know, everybody, you know, this thing's become political when it's not political at all, which I don't understand. I don't understand how people are making this political. But the issue is, you know, it's not that, hey, this is the severity of the case. Because by all means, all these players are healthy for the most part. They're going to be fine contracting the virus if they contract it. And, but that's not the issue here. The issue is all COVID-19 cases are treated the same on campuses as they are in the community right now because it's a novel virus. There's no therapeutic treatment as of right this moment that, is, that we're using on a wide basis to kind of help curb the symptoms and lead to faster recovery. We're still trying to figure out what kind of long-term effects this has on organs, including the lungs, which has been a focal point, obviously, for this severe respiratory disease. So we're all figuring that all out right now. And that's why there's so much caution. That's why there's so much, that's why everybody's being isolated or quarantined when they're either uh, exposed to this thing uh, via someone who has it or tests positive for it. And of course, someone who, who has it themselves. You know, we've all read horror stories. We've all read stories about asymptomatic people. There's the good and the bad. But the thing is, is we don't quite have a handle on the numbers right now. And that's why, you know, that everybody's being so cautious with everything. We don't know necessarily how bad or how good this thing could be. But also, as I said, we kind of know that for the most part, kids and, you know, listen, these are college kids. They're mostly 18 to 21 are going to be okay with this thing. But what about the long-term stuff? But also they're around other coaches and they will be in mid July. Once they start up these mandatory workouts where coaches can watch, they're going to be around these coaches. And for the most part, most of them are in their fifties and sixties and they're more likely to have, um, you know, more severe, uh, cases of this uh, virus and they're more likely to have to be hospitalized at least according to the to the research so this is something that has to be it's going to be so difficult because you know we we've yet to see this yet because the nfl and the nba but the first case is really going to be the, the nba when they go into their own bubble so to speak in, in orlando at the disney complex they're going to be kind of cut off from the world 
in a lot of ways. They don't have to worry about going to classes or doing other things or going to the grocery store even. Everything's going to be taken care uh, of for them. That's not the case on college campuses. These are still kids. They're not professionals. And so when – and they're going to be around 20,000 students on a lot of campuses, whereas at the Disney complex, they're only going to be around each other, these, you know, these athletes. So if the NBA is able to get it off without much of a, a you know, issues and everything, I don't think that necessarily translates to the college football model because the college football model is so much different because of just the environment they're in. They're not in a bubble. They're not able to say, hey, the football players are all going to live off campus in this facility we're renting, and all their classes are going to be there. They're not going to have contact with anybody. There's no way to do that and maintain the quote-unquote student-athlete model. So they're going to try and bear through it and go through this, but the moment that there's a widespread outbreak somewhere, if there is – that's when we have to start re-reevaluating, like what's the season actually look like? Because, I mean, every conference commissioner and and school athletics director will tell you the same thing. Hey, we're going to play a full season, but if things start happening that are very possible, and if we're not able to mitigate the issues, we're going to have to adjust on the fly. And um, I think that's more likely in college football than it is, obviously, with the NBA or or say the NFL once they get started because those are pro teams and they're able to isolate their players completely from the world um, because that's all they have to worry about is playing football. These kids, that's not the case. They got to go to classes. They got to go to grocery store. They got to care for themselves. They don't have people taking care of all that stuff for them. The college football daily will be right back. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I was just going to ask, what's, what's the most affecting thing here for a college football fan to watch if you're looking to have an on-time college football start you mentioned the outbreaks on campus so is it like one day x program gets 30 confirmed cases and that's a big deal or is it should someone in tallahassee be worried about rising cases in arizona is it is it a contained to your college campus or your college football program issue or is it is there a point where we say, okay, the country, this is actually getting worse. We can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, if that's the other thing. If it gets worse, um, and then obviously not every city or state or county is even the same. If it gets worse to a point where, you know, certain counties or whatever are saying, hey, could, everything's locked down again. Um, you can't have any sporting events, even without fans in the stands. That's when you need to start worrying. We haven't heard that yet. We're still reopening the country. We're still hearing from health officials, hey, you can have sporting events just maybe without fans or a certain amount of fans or whatever. But the the point we're at right now uh, in this week, we're seeing cases rise, especially, you know, in the quote unquote flyover states or in the Midwest. And then, of course, in the South, you know, the bigger metros like New York and everything, their cases are going down because they had such extreme measures when things were so high a month ago. 
and that's tied, that's kind of mitigated everything right now. But things are starting to open back up. And in the South, I guess the virus obviously starting to come in into play a little bit more as it's spread across the country. And um, there's concern there. You know, where I live, for example, there's the cases keep hitting all-time highs every day. Uh, more and more people are being hospitalized. Um, I know in the state of Alabama where – Obviously, that's football country with Auburn and Alabama and UAB and South Alabama. There's concern there about hospital space, particularly in Montgomery, where they're nearing capacity uh, in not just their hospitals and regular beds, but in the ICUs and everything. And an epidemiologist that I talked to there who's helping the University of Alabama and the Alabama system there uh, put protocols in place and help with testing and protocols for these athletic programs, he's very concerned about what things are going to look like um, in July in our emails and discussions with each other. And this is a guy who obviously just deals in facts and everything. And also, I will remind you, his name's Dr. Michael Sag. He, he had COVID-19, uh, survived it, obviously. He had it back in March when this was first really coming on the scene. He's been through it. He knows what it's like going through with it. He never had to go to the hospital, but there were days where he felt like he was going to have to. And he says that it just seems like not a lot of people are taking this as seriously as they should, at least in the public with wearing masks and everything. And that has him concerned as he sees these rising cases in his home state. And if that happens, he says this will filter down to universities having to make decisions about in-person classes. Cause everything right now, everybody's like, we're going, we're going to go move ahead with this. But just because they're saying that today does not mean that that is going to not change here in two or three weeks. Because if cases continue to rise, hospitals continue to fill up, communities and government, local governments are not going to be like, hey, yeah, bring in 20,000 people from outside the city onto your campus right now while we got this health crisis going on. Um, things could change, but everybody remains hopeful that this is just a blip and things will go back down. But as it stands now, we're kind of on an upswing going up another, um, you know, uh, up the roller coaster, so to speak. And, uh, you know, right now there's, I hate to say, but there's like decreasing optimism about the, a season being a full season and everything. But the way I see it is we just have to wait and see and see what happens. I don't think anything's going to be set in stone as far as what, what maybe the football season will look like until, mid-August when we actually get to it, but um, it's this is one of the more difficult situations in all of sports. It, it, like I said, college football is going to be the most difficult sport to manage in all of this during a pandemic because there's so many players and they're on campuses. And I mean, if I don't know, I never lived on a college campus. I just lived right outside of one. Uh, and going to school, but living on campus and dorms and everything. I mean, listen, teenagers are teenagers. It's, it, it can be down route dirt, dirty sometimes and you're in close quarters. I mean, there's no way to avoid getting sick or getting a cold sometimes. And this is, uh, you know, it's a, a serious situation. And, and until these numbers start going down again, you have to wonder about the future. Yeah. I was talking to Dave Biddle yesterday on the podcast, the Bucknuts editor and we were talking about this the Buckeye pledge and he's like look these are college students they're going to hit the bars if they're open they're going to hit the clubs like this it's, yeah. it's it's impossible to expect college students to live in a bubble I think it's just more likely that 
you know, they, they do online classes. Uh, wow. If, if yeah. they're on campus, just doing online classes, cause we talked about you know, how can football players mitigate risk, but then you get into the whole ethical issue of, Hey, is it right to just tell the football players and not go to class and you guys can just sit on your computers and, and learn there and that can be your college right. experience. So tense times for sure. It's you hate that we're almost waiting for the, 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 this peak, right? It's, and then, yeah, that's the thing. It's just, yeah, you just kind of, I remain optimistic and hopeful, but then when I speak to doctors and people, it's just like, oh man, you know, but their job is to, to protect people, you know, their, their job is to help people. And that's why they, they show, they show concerns a lot. There's no, political motivation behind any of that or anything that that's their oath is to, to protect people. And so when they see these numbers rise and then also some other things happening in their communities, um, that's why you hear these, these not necessarily horror stories, but the quote unquote negative news about all this. But I, I promise you, I'm not, I'm not trying to spread panic or anything like that. I think there's going to be a football season of some sort. It's just, I, I do have concerns about these cases rising across the country, but also, on these campuses and, and it's going to be a, if there's so many moving parts, it isn't like it's one person being able to push a button and control everything. There's thousands of people involved in all this and we all have to like kind of push in the same direction. And that's difficult to do. We're, we're playing tug of war with, with jelly on the rope, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so difficult. Well, uh, we'll call it a day here, but I think one interesting thing to look at going forward, it's almost weird to talk about, but you're there's such a disparity in cases among different teams. And again, 13 at Texas, zero at Florida. It's kind of leading us to believe that there are going to be a lot of cases per each team, right? It's only a matter of time. I'm almost wondering, like, the way this is accelerating. Texas had eight a few days ago, three you know, a few days before that. If we're going to get to August and we're going to have a, a situation where, like, over 50% of most college football teams have already had COVID-19. Well, here's the, I guess there's one good way to look at this. And listen, I, I don't, we don't quite know if you're actually, you know, immune to the disease if you get it and then you're immune right after right. because there's been some people reporting that they've had it two, two maybe even three times uh, overseas. But if you have maybe, you know, I don't want anybody to get sick, but if you do have some of these cases where there's a lot of players that get infected and have it at these, universities maybe that's a good thing for them when august does roll around preseason camp rolls around and they're maybe they have some immunity to it and it helped kind of you know we talk about that herd immunity if they're hanging out with players most of the time and say 50 60 percent of them have already had the virus and they were asymptomatic or symptomatic that probably helps them as far as not being able to spread the virus one, but also to keep everybody healthy and it's easier to stay healthy as a result. But again, there's a community aspect of it. These players are going to be around a lot of students. I thought, I thought the same thing. It's, it's kind of a twisted way to think about it. Well, Hey, it's very, gonna, it's yeah. twisted. Yeah. I mean, and I've thought about it too, just in my, in my life, I'm sure everybody has like, you know, maybe my whole family will get it and then we'll be okay, but I don't want to get it. Right. <laughs> you know, because you know, I, I've got my own issues. I don't want to get sick and maybe go to the hospital. It's, um, it's scary stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. And hopefully, you know, we'll have more glowy news reports soon. But I, I think it's an important story to track. And obviously, it's not going away 
anytime soon. So that'll do it uh, for today's episode of the College Football Daily. Thanks again for Brandon Marcello hopping on and joining us and sharing the wisdom. Uh, For our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott, and we will catch you guys on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.